Hey guys, welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur. And today we have a great guest. We're going to be talking about marketing, content creation, and building a business from the ground up. You don't want to miss this episode, so stay tuned. Coming to you from San Antonio, Texas. Welcome to the Creative Entrepreneur, a podcast created to help entrepreneurs build their business. Branding, marketing, analytics, positioning, and lead generation, plus interviews with other business owners to learn from their successes and failures. Now, here is your host, Abel Garza. Hey guys, welcome back to The Creative Entrepreneur, and today we have a great guest for you. He's a co-founder of The Holler Creative. He's built his team from the ground up and delivers a six-figure income. He is going to give us some insight into how he has built his business, some ways that he's built his team, and some words of wisdom. So please help me welcome Kevin Floor. How are you doing today? Good, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing outstanding. Thanks for asking. And, you know, I'm so happy to have you on the show today because I love talking about marketing. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. And so what I want to do is I want to delve into how you started your business, what you're doing right now to create and generate income, and just give us some perspective on what you do, how you're doing it, and what you're doing for your customers. Um, So I'm uh, one of the co-founders of a business in southeastern Kentucky called The Holler. Um, The Holler Creative is how some people know us um, by. A lot of people ask, you know, what's with the name? Why why The Holler? Uh, If you're from the Appalachian Mountain region, which is where we're located, then, um, you know, people think that they're smart and they say it's it's not even The Holler. You realize that, right? The word is hollow. And (laughs) so... So the cool thing about our name and our brand is that it gives us an opportunity to tell people about our vision and our mission and our story. Um, man, if, if you're a business owner and you're not living out your mission and vision every day, then you're missing an opportunity. If you don't have an opportunity to tell your story to everyone who comes across your path, then, um, you know, then then it's a to me, you got to step back and think, well, why am I doing this in the first place? And so when we, we were pretty intentional about our name, we spent a good long time on it. Um, spent a good amount of money on the URL too, by the way, (laughs) Um, when you're dead set on something and, and that URL costs money, you find a way to make it happen. Um, and so the holler for us, it's it's a term that's negatively associated usually with a lack of education or uh, people. They've done a whole movie. It used to be on Netflix about the blue people. And that's that's like from incest, right? Genetic code gets messed up and your skin th- color actually turns blue. Mm. Um, it's just not ever positively associated with anything. The Appalachian Mountain region typically isn't, except for Dolly Parton. Thank God for Dolly Parton. I, I really like her. I, I love Dolly. Uh, I oh, know who doesn't, right? Yeah, Dolly, I just love Dolly. Forge, it's just the best place in, on earth. But uh, but no, for us, um, our mission is to provide hope and opportunity back into Appalachia. And we believe that we can strongly do that in, in a very quick way by providing the digital marketing uh, back end to business owners. And so a lot of businesses, especially small businesses, are so focused on their product or service and doing it at a quality um, that surpasses their competition. They forget about marketing. They forget about their brand. They forget about high quality logos and things that it takes to really make themselves stand out. And yes, your product and service can carry you far, but there's so much more to it. And that's where we want to step in. And that's where we have been stepping in uh, for almost three years now. 
we've been serving businesses and and the way is either a back-end uh, digital marketing firm for them um, or we'll come alongside some some bigger businesses have a marketing person or two or a sales team um, but they're so busy on the phone and creating newspaper ads that they they forget that there's a whole digital world that people are on and we use the example a lot there may be 30,000 people driving by that billboard but man 20,000 of them are looking at Facebook when they're driving by and there's there's police tickets to show that, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. So you've been doing, you know, digital marketing, you're helping other businesses grow their business. Uh, what got you into this business? Well, uh, I used to be a professor at the University of Kentucky, go cats. Um, and big, big fan of University of Kentucky because my wife and I are going to be paying that student loan bill off. We both went to the University of Kentucky. She was a dentist um, in dental school and then in pediatric dentistry. And now that's what she does in our town. And um, while she was there, I needed a job. And so I and I needed to defer my loans, to be honest. And so I, I entered into a master's program in psychology um, with the take on it that I, I really wanted to understand what made people tick, why people bought things, what, what forced people to go into debt um, as I'm going into debt right for school. Um, without giving it a second thought. And that that quickly switched over to education, um, the field of education, but with the mindset of the business side of education. So for me, it was always intriguing as to how a, how a university could call themselves a nonprofit yet pull in millions and millions a year. Um, and I really want to understand that world. Um, and it's not from a negative standpoint, but really just wanted to get into it. So the more I got into it, the more my job uh, you know, continued along until I became a professor at the University of Kentucky, the director of recruiting and retention at um, the College of Education. So I did that for a few years, um, was able to manage a team, um, some of college students, uh, and and really worked on student retention, which transfers great into customer retention and recruitment, which transfers great into sales. Um, and I worked with some professors on different side projects. And so one of the side projects was a uh, running some conferences, some educational conferences, and one of them was in Iowa. And uh, I was charged with getting people to the conference. Uh, they had the content, the speakers, the venue, and they had all that, but they didn't know how to get people to the conference. So they said, Kevin, we're paying you $2 an hour. You go figure it out. And so mm-hmm. um, I said, gladly, man, I'd love to to figure that out. So I got on YouTube, figured out how to build websites, figured out how to market online. And um, that conference, within just a couple years, grew to over 1,000 people coming to Des Moines, Iowa, of all places, um, and became the largest uh, in education, the term one-to-one one piece of technology for every one student. It became the largest one-to-one conference in the world. Um, and so from there, it uh, you know moved back to my wife's small town, and um, it transferred greatly. Knew how to build websites, knew how to market, knew mm-hmm. how to recruit and retain, and um, businesses like that. So you guys have over 40 clients generating six-figure incomes, and, so, and, you're, and you're doing sales funnels and stuff like that. How are you guys making money right now? Um, the main way that we make money, um, right now, so, so it transforms over time. And, uh, right now, um, we have some larger clients. Most clients pay us, um, you know, between a thousand and $3,000 a month to do their marketing for them. And that's to put up their digital ads, to deal with the phone calls from newspapers and TV and radio and promote their business from a marketing standpoint. Um, and then we have some larger clients that just require a whole lot more time. We we work off monthly retainers. We don't do hourly billing as most service industries do. Um, and our monthly retainers are just based on the amount of work uh, really that we're providing for that client. And so um, right now, 
this very minute we're we're chasing after the bigger guys uh there's bigger sharks out there that that need us and where we're at we're able to identify who those people are we can see who's running facebook ads how much money they're putting into a google keyword um, so we do all this back in research about a business that we want to approach beforehand and we really make the proposal before we ever talk to them um, and then we'll go we'll find somebody that knows somebody that their second cousin is this the vice president and that vice president will get us connected to CEO and uh, we'll have a meeting and we'll know exactly how to pitch them in that moment. And uh, that way we're not wasting time and it's, man, it's working really, really effectively. That's valuable information, man. That's, that's amazing because a lot of people don't know the approach, you know, they know the, that they need to make the money, but the back end part of it is, is the interesting part, how we go about and soliciting those big sharks, so to speak, or those big fish and, and getting out there and, you know, Many people might have questions of whether or not they need to do cold calling or they they hit their warm market, what the approach is. And this is valuable information because, you know, being able to go out there and find those leads, it's paramount. I and mean, it's, it's important to get that because that's how you get your money. That's how that's how you generate income for your business. Have you found that there's any challenges when you're doing that? Is there what challenges have you faced? Well, I think the I think the biggest challenge is is within ourselves, you know, and we and we saw this at the very onset is that we're going to have to be and you may be sitting here listening to this and think, well, he's you know, they're making well over six figures and they're doing fine. Um, so we can't chase the big sharks until we're in his seat. And that, that's a that's a negative thought. That's a false thought that you're telling yourself or that the world has put on you at this point. And, um, it took us, it took us three, probably two years to realize that. And most of our growth is coming within this third year. Once we were able to take that negative thought and turn it into a positive action, we realized that big companies are no different than little companies, except they have a whole lot more work, right? <laughs> or they've been there a whole lot longer. Mm -hmm. Um, I was actually just talking to somebody today. So they did a month long internship in Russia for their company. And, um, the biggest realization that came from that is that Russians are no different than Americans. They just speak a different language. I thought, man, that, you know, that's so appropriate in so many realms and in so many industries. And so when we go and talk to a manufacturing company that's making $80 million a year and their goal is to make over a hundred million in this next year, all I see is that they have one marketing person that's overwhelmed and and the other side of that is that they have a whole lot of money that they can put into marketing yeah. and that we're the answer to get them over a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollars. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so now all of a sudden we're providing ourselves in a role as an outsourced digital marketing company that's less than the price of hiring one employee. And we're giving them a team of 20 people that can, that can do wonders for them and easily get them over their mark. So that's an interesting perspective, though, because, you know, it's kind of the, the I guess the same concept of, you know, when when men approach a beautiful woman or they don't approach her because they think she's too pretty, you know, mm -hmm. and then nobody approaches her. And so now, <laughs> you know, you're talking about companies that are multimillion dollar companies and you, you're like, I can't approach them. They're, they're too pretty, <laughs> you know. Right. So you giving us that perspective, understanding that you can go after the big fish, you can go after those big companies and understand that they need the visibility just as much as the little guy. And so uh, going out there and going after those those big fish, it can be uh, a really good opportunity to generate some significant income. What direction do you see the the company going right now? Um, I think we're we're in a few different um, 
opportunity realms that we haven't been in before um, because of our change in personality. And, uh, you know, one of those kind of going back to what we were just talking about, um, it's not really that we have an opportunity to quote higher prices for the same services that we've been performing for three years. It's that we have a mindset that what we provide is worth what we're quoting. Um, you know, early on, we weren't we weren't confident in what we were providing, not because it didn't work, but because we didn't feel like we had the 30 years of experience that our competitors were selling to these same companies. But um, and it just it took one client. We we went into this client's office and they said we spend one hundred thousand dollars on um, a new website and a 60 second video. And I said, you got it. You got to be kidding me because we just did that last week for three thousand. <laughs> and, you know, we look at the quality and it's comparable quality and it's it's either we're undervaluing ourselves. They're overvaluing ourselves or their selves or something in between. And and quickly the realization was that if that if a company is willing to pay that price, then uh, we're really undervaluing what we're providing. Um, and so we went back to the drawing board and thought, you know what, our our sales point is showing an ROI. Um, these other marketing companies are struggling because they'll say, I'll provide newspaper ads, I'll make billboard designs. Well, what's the return on that investment? You don't ever know. There's no way to measure how many people are watching a TV commercial and paying attention. Um, there, there's different things that you can do. A Google phone number, right, to track conversions or a landing page to track, you know, clicks. But um, unless you can show a whole conversion funnel, it shouldn't be attractive to a business owner. If they're not making a data-informed decision, then they're making an uninformed decision. And so our whole business rides on providing that data that helps the business owner to make a better decision. And so for us, that's really what's going right, is providing data and analytics behind our actions. Um, and what's going wrong? I, I forget your original question, to be honest. No, but, but you know, but that's what's it, going yeah, the, right. Where your career is now, but you know, it, it provides some valuable insight as to some of the the price points, you know, and where where people are taking their business and how they're utilizing certain services that you're doing the exact same thing for. And some people, I would say other entrepreneurs that are out there that are struggling to approach these bigger fish because they think that, oh, we need to have a production company. We need to have the, uh, the, the highest production quality to make this video or the best photography. Uh, sometimes all it takes is just to get out there and do it. And the more you do it, the better you get. And, and, and eventually you, these bigger companies will start to, to notice, you know, you get that, that video out there. And you're like, it's comparable to this $100,000 sale that this other company just did. And then uh, you're like, man, I could do the same thing or I could do better. And, you know, at least right. you have some gauge of un or an understanding of what may be the standard for this company and then have at it, you know, go out there and, and do your thing. Where do you want your company to be? Like, where, what do you see it in the future? When I lay down at night at like 2 a.m. and I close my eyes, um, you know, I see I see ourselves in a in a barn office kind of back in the woods a little bit off the off the map. And us, you know, my co-owner and I, my co-founder and I, th this has always been our goal to have a seven to 10 revenue streams and the directors of each of those revenue streams being in this office with us a little bit off the grid, but with high internet access to do our work, but that it's a, a relaxed company, a company that has a culture of not the, the high rise, you know, building in downtown Chicago that, that is constantly hustle bustle. People get fired and hired every day. We want to, we want a stable company with a culture and an environment that's conducive to relationship. 
and that the relationship builds businesses. We want to teach people. Um, that's something that we do day in and day out with our current clients, but we want to be a go-to resource where people are learning what digital marketing is or whatever the platform is that, you know, 10 years down the road that we're we're on. We want to teach people how to use that effectively for themselves so that they can grow themselves. You know, something I, uh, I had a mentor once and he said, if you're, if you're working for yourself, you'll never make it. If you're, if you're trying to help other people and work to their benefit, you'll get what you want in the end. And so, so our goal from the very beginning has been to help others reach their goals because that's the only way we're ever going to reach our goal. And so I think, you know, in the future, we're going to have those seven to 10 revenue streams, um, each of them making a million plus. And then our parent company that oversees them all um, with the directors all together, you know, reporting to each other and, and growing and strengthening each other as we're teaching other people how to do what we've done. I mean, you guys are already doing that. You're building relationships. You're helping other entrepreneurs. You know, was there a was there a change in the trajectory of your career or a pivotal moment in your personal life or your professional life that changed the perspective uh, or changed the direction of your career or your life? There was a day when I was a professor at the University of Kentucky. I, I was wearing my director of retention, student retention hat at this meeting. Um, I was called into a meeting and there were there was me, the dean of the whole college, you know, of 2000 students, the dean, the person overseeing that. And then uh, two associate deans, like all, all these big wigs in a meeting and me for some reason. And the whole meeting was um, over a discussion of wanting to change a word in our age-old policy document that no student ever read um, because this uh, associate dean did not feel that it was appropriate for our new in inclusiveness uh, push that we're trying to do with students um, at the university. And this is nothing against UK, nothing against this professor or anything. This is, this, what I'm talking about is is really not against anything, but, but in pushback to large organizations who have lost their meaning and purpose, that they they forget what their task is. And so this two and a half hour long meeting to change a word that ended up, it never got changed. And and it was that two and a half hours that I spent sitting there, not getting anything done, not building any relationships, not working on my task, what I was accountable for, and seeing all these people in the same room that were in the same spot I was, but they felt meaning in that moment, in those many moments. And I thought, man, I, I don't want to become like that. I don't want to lose focus. I don't want to lose my passion for my vision and my mission in life. Mm -hmm. How can I get out of this and get into a place that I'm happy to go to work, that I'm, I'm pumped and excited and speaking in other people's lives and, and they're capturing that mission for their life. And it was, it was in that meeting that I thought I'm, I'm going to have to do my own thing. It's going to have to be, you know, a push and, and a risk, you know, to jump off that cliff and do my own thing. And, um, and that was the day I decided, you know, to be a full-time entrepreneur. And then from there, it was just waiting on my wife to get out of dental school so that she could make money and afford me to do this. <laughs> so. <laughs> so you were, you were watching Charlie Brown and the teacher was speaking. I get it totally. <laughs> yeah. 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 I really don't remember what the meeting was about, you know, like the teacher in the background, she's like, wah, wah, wah. you know, yeah, yeah. so you, you're like in this meeting, you are like, okay, you know what? We got to do something different. This is just not going to make me happy. But I understand, you know, you people, people, sometimes they, they're put into a particular situation and then all of a sudden the light flashes, the, you know, it changes their perspective. They're like, man, I got to do something else. I got to change my life. And, and everybody has that pivotal moment in their life. Uh, what are you doing right now on a regular basis? So some, some of the habits that you, you do on a daily basis that contribute to your success. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, um, 
my my faith is is very important and i know that that's not the, the case for everybody but um that's also something that's kept me grounded that when i feel like i'm going to go crazy you know I, I revert back to my faith in god as is something that that just means a lot to me, and so so I have to start the day reading my Bible. Otherwise, I'll, I won't have that that foundation for how I should handle myself in a situation. Right? Um, mm-hmm. I, listen, I can fly off the handle pretty quick some days, but that does keep me grounded, and I you know I want to give credit to that. Um, at night, I I have a habit of uh, going through my emails, making sure I didn't miss anything for the day, and that um, the schedule for tomorrow is planned out that each team member has a task for tomorrow that they're going to work on because uh, I've just been a lot, a part of a lot of conversations and a lot of businesses that um, they feel like the whole team is wasting the first couple hours every morning trying to figure out what their day is going to look like. And so if I can assign those tasks or put some responsibility on the entire team. So when they come in at 9 a.m. and they're, they're hitting the ground running, then I can spend from 9 to 10, you know, focusing on what they're going to do for the rest of the day. And I don't micromanage at all. There's a lot of autonomy in our business. Um, that's what that's what allows the buy-in into the vision and the mission is that autonomy for our team members. But they have to have some direction. And yeah. so providing that direction is something I do at night. And that's some great advice. Has there been any habits that you've noticed that are not conducive to your success? Um, yeah, I think it, in, in my heart of hearts, I'm a people pleaser. Um, so when I have a client that's calling and frustrated, you know, it could be because their, um, kid got in a fender bender and they're in a fight with their spouse, but they're calling and, you know, I'm the dog that they're kicking because I'm the outsource guy, you know, that's easy to get rid of mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Um, and that's a position I put myself in by the way, which I'm, I'm happy about, um, that, that I'm easy, I'm easily expendable for businesses because that keeps me accountable to them, um, in terms of providing, um, that return on investment, those analytics, like we had talked about earlier. But I think because I'm a people pleaser, I'll chase after them until they're happy. Um, and a lot of times it's not me that they're unhappy with. And it's hard to realize that when they call and they're frustrated over, uh, uh, there were, there weren't two spaces after that period in that Facebook post, or, you know, there were only a thousand people that clicked through instead of, you know, the, the 1100 that they thought should have on that ad. Um, you know, and I, I want the chance to explain it to them, but, uh, I come at it from a point of, I'm sorry, rather than these are the facts. And, um, so I, I think if there's a bad habit, it's the fact that I'm, I'm just constantly not confident in, in myself, um, I'm confident in what we do and in our brand and in our team and in our strategy. But I think when it comes to, uh, I, I'm too easily personal, I'm, I'm easily personally offended and, uh, that results in some bad habits of trying to chase after that person, um, to make them happy. Yeah. So when we start yeah. displacing on Kevin, just know that it's going to be $200 an hour. <laughs> <laughs> but I have the background in counseling psychology to really exactly really that's what I'm saying. Okay, say two hundred and fifty dollars for for the ed- yeah, the education. Two forty seven. <laughs> I think everything sells better at like the seven mark. For there, some you reason. there you go. There you go. About that two forty seven. Was there anything that you that was holding you back when you first started? Money is always going to hold everybody back, and so I know that that's what you know. Whatever I listen to podcasts, that's what I want to hear. I want to hear how did money hold you back, and how did you overcome that. Um, Money always holds you back. But uh, listen, if if you if you have something on your heart and it, you've made sense of it in your head, you're doing your yourself a disservice to not take that step. And so for us, that's one of the core things for me is is a, to take steps of faith. You know, if you know something to be right, um, but the money's not there, start taking steps toward it and let the money come to you. And uh, man, I have example after example after example of this and 
we're getting ready to start a whole nother stream of our revenue, but we don't really have the money to invest to put into it. Um, so we start taking steps of faith because we know that we're going to do it, whether we have the money to start it up or not. Start taking this step and, uh, you know, just talking internally about it. And you know what happened? Super Bowl party. A friend mm-hmm. of mine comes up and says, uh, hey, man, I, I got this idea, um, but I don't have the time to run it. But I, I got a little bit of money to invest in it. And so what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Guess what? It was the same idea we've been talking about, you know, like yeah. because we took that step and have been planning and putting a business plan together, um, the opportunity will come. The money will come. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's something that just, you know, you yeah. got to do. Yeah. And I, I get a lot of that also. And, and money is always at the back of people's mind because they want to start out with the best website. They want to have the office. They want to be able to hire people. And sometimes you just need to start out small and utilize the resources that you have available to you. And then move from there. I mean, a lot of people like, for example, I always use this example because sometimes you don't have money. You don't have the experience. You can use that, use the example of YouTube and you want to be able to get to a certain level or a certain area of your business. And you don't have to start out really fast. Like uh, I get photographers all the time that they say they want to be a photographer. They don't have the equipment. uh, They don't have the knowledge and they don't have the money. I said, but you have a cell phone, right? Start calling other photographers, negotiate a price that's less than they would charge a regular customer, get a customer, put them together, do that 10 times. Now you're making some money, you know, yeah. and not only yeah. that, but you're, re- you're, you're sourcing the, the, the market. Now you're getting a, a feel. You have your finger on the pulse. You understand where the market is going when, when, whenever you do that type of analysis. So when you're, you're bringing in customers and you're utilizing other people, I guess you're, you're utilizing less capital. Uh, and right. of course, time, time is, is money, but you're using your time to build that business using less money and, and, and you're saving yourself some, some capital, you know, and at the same time, you're, you're able to put your finger on the pulse and understand where the market is going. Cause you never know, you know, in, in photography and I use photography as an example, uh, mm-hmm. but you can do it with anything, you know, where your niche is going to be and before you even start investing five or $10,000 in, in camera equipment. So there's, there's plenty of ways to start a business. You just have to know how to utilize those resources. And so once you've done that, I think that the wheels start to move, you get creative, you know, even if you wanted to start a, a screen printing business, you could call screen, local screen printers, negotiate a price that's less than what they would charge a regular customer, go out and find businesses that need to advertise or that need marketing apparel. And uh, now now you're going to get the difference. You're going to make that money, right. whatever the difference is. So you can do that without even buying $40,000 worth of screen printing equipment. And I guess that's kind of the, the concept of building something from nothing and, and utilizing the resources that you have available to you without using a lot of your own money. I mean, and, you can do that be, with affiliates and, and all that stuff too. And be creative and inventive as well. You know, photography, if you're wanting to get into photography, find a friend or a, a local business that has a really nice camera and lens and then book a photo shoot, um, but then rent that camera and lens from that friend or that business for the price of that photo shoot. But when you're talking to the person that you're doing the photo shoot with, say, hey, I'm going to give it to you at half the price. So instead of charging $500, I'm only going to charge you $250. But all that I ask is that you refer me to five of your friends or you share my name and my business out on your out on your social media. Well, now you have the social proof and now you have the word of mouth and mm-hmm. that stuff spreads so that the next five bookings that you get, that can go to the startup cost of your camera and your own equipment, right? So you can literally start your own photography business for no money. And it's easier to say it than do it, but 
that's part of the hustle. That's part of your entrepreneurship, you know, mindset. It's grinding for sure. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, what are some of the best advice that you've received over the course of your career, your business, your personal life? For, for me, it's been, um, usually whenever my insecurities come in is usually when I seek advice. And so when I'm seeking advice, I'm really looking for personal confirmation in a lot of ways. Um, but so, so a lot of that advice has been know who you are and, and pursue that or be confident in what you've been called to and go after it or work hard now. This is in like every business book you'll ever read, right? Like if you work hard now, you won't have to later. Um, and you know, I've got, I've got young kids, I've got a four year old and a two year old and, um, she's almost two. And so, so that's a big motivation for me, you know, ever since I've read that or heard that and people say that is, man, if I work really hard right now when they're two and four, then maybe when they're, they're 10 and eight or 12 and 10, I'll have that freedom to be with them. And maybe you have older kids, you know, maybe there's something else. Well now, now when my kids are out of the house, I'll have that freedom to be with my spouse or to travel and do what I want. And so really for me, if, if someone just comes into my life every day and says, work harder, work harder, that's all I need to hear. You know, that's different for everybody. There, I have many friends that need a whole lot more encouragement that, than that to mm-hmm. work hard. But for me, that's all it takes. And so, uh, so speaking of motivation, what, what motivates you? What keeps you motivated? Um, <laughs> uh, student loans. Um, so, so I got my student loans paid for because I worked at the university while going to school, um, for grad school, but my undergrad is still there. And then my wife's dental school was like 50,000 a year. And so, um, people were like, well, she's a dentist, she's making good money. Well, we're still on the same 30 year plan you are, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we just have to pay a whole lot more money, um, every day or every month. And so, so that's a big motivator. Got to make money because we got to pay money. Um, you know, kids growing up, um, the team, you know, we, we spent 2019 building our team and that team is going to be our, our lead team in 2020 through 2025. And we're excited about them. Man, I'm accountable to them. I have to provide their salaries. I have to provide a place for them that's warm and, and cool. And, you know, like keeping them happy is, is important to scaling our business. The clients that are pursuing their dreams and they're relying on us to help, um, you know, all of those, man, everything about this business is motivating to me as a business owner. Um, and it's encouraging, stressful, and exciting all at the same time. Are you uh, utilizing any resources right now? Uh, software, you know, are you doing some networking? I should say, what resources are you utilizing right now that you feel contributes to your success? Yeah, internally we use Slack. Uh, Slack's an app that can be downloaded on your phone and on your computer. And so our, our whole team has Slack. So no matter who's in a business meeting in another state or, you know, if I'm on my computer here in the office or in a private meeting somewhere else, you know, I've, I've got Slack. You can share documents and photos and videos. Uh, we have a vlog here um, on YouTube. The Holler Creative is our vlog name. And uh, so we'll we'll record ourselves on our phones while we're on this business trip and we'll just send it through Slack to our video editor. And so she can have it in real time so she can be working on it. Um, so Slack's like, it, it's been a game changer for our business. We could not do what we do day in and day out without Slack. I'll, I'll just say that Trello is another one. There's Basecamp and other project management systems and softwares out there, but, uh, Trello, you know, it's cloud-based. Um, it's very easy. We create a card for every project and, um, we have some virtual assistants in the Philippines. They, they're 12 hours ahead of us. So they work while we sleep and we work while they sleep. And so Trello is how we, uh, keep our project, man- our, our projects managed, um, so it's a great system as well. Hmm. So how can people get a hold of you or if they want to utilize your services, how can they get a hold of you? 
Yes, our website is theholler.com, T-H-E-H-O-L-L-E-R.com. Um, and then all of our social media handles are backslash uh, holler creative. Um, so that's those are the easiest ways to get a hold of us. Um, obviously, if you're on our website, you know, there's the there's the phone number there and uh, our address. And we're getting ready to move into a big building. Um, it's 10,000 square feet. So I'm pretty excited about that. We've got our whole team squished in 1,500 square feet right now. <laughs> so we bought a building down the street and we, we've been renovating it. You can see that on our vlog. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, I'm excited. Awesome. Things are moving on up in the world. <laughs> awesome. Well, there you go, guys. Kevin Flora, it's been an amazing podcast. It was really valuable information. I, I would love to do like a two-part series with you, get down and dirty with the details. I really appreciate you coming out. You're an inspiration to me. You're an inspiration to our followers. And I, I'm really happy that you came on. Hey, well, man, thanks. This was a, this was a great pleasure and an honor to be a part of it. There you go, guys. Kevin Flora, an amazing entrepreneur doing amazing things. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe. It really helps us out. And let us know what you want to hear. And until next week, keep on keeping on. Thank you for listening to The Creative Entrepreneur. Please click the show notes for additional information. Want to know more? Click on the subscribe button and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by visiting us at tcepodcast.net. 